I uh, I did so much research on this. Read up on so much, so many interviews. Oh my gosh. I have a lot of questions, and at the same time, part of me hopes I never learn anything more about it. What if I told you they wanted to make this movie in 2013, but decided to wait until the CGI caught up with their ambitions? Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> oh god. Oh honey. Oh my god. Imagine being a banana. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where Freeriders analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, or in this case, the 2017 live action adaptation of the manga. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And our guests today are a writer and official five time guest of the podcast, along with one of the hosts of the Toss Popcorn podcast, where she reviews movies from AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time list. Ooh, that sounds exciting. If I were you, I would definitely listen to that podcast. Please welcome mm -hmm. to the show, back again, Matt and Sienna Jekyll. Hi. Welcome uh, back, to, guys. To those who don't know, a couple episodes back, like 20 or so episodes back, we reviewed the Sacred Star of Milas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excellent cool. cinema. And we had Matt and Sienna. And the thing that's really fun is that Sienna, you have never seen Full Metal Alchemist, right? Yeah, I have seen that movie from last time, so I feel like I get the gist. <laughs> Is that not right? <laughs> yeah, that's She's just really funny. The because... most backwards nonsense introduction to this franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally wrong. It's totally wrong. It's like if the, yeah, I've seen that Star Wars Ewok special, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly the comparison I made yesterday. Like, and the Christmas like, special. What order should I watch Star Wars? And it's like, well. First, you watch the <laughs> second half of Attack of the Clones, yeah. and then you watch the Christmas special, and then you watch Ewok Adventure. <laughs> and you will literally know nothing. You will have you will be so confused when you oh. talk about Star Wars. And then you Wars. watch like the season finale of The Mandalorian. And Sienna's presence here is a blessing because I was watching this and I was like, if I didn't know anything about Metal Alchemist. Would I be enjoying this? And you know what? I, I'm not even going to delay it. Sienna, I need to know. Did you enjoy it? I think it was, A, a fun way to try to piece together what this show is about. And B, we watched, I don't know if this is something, if, if this is okay. We watched the dub for a good portion of it. And that was very entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys watch the sub or the dub? I watched the sub. I watched the dub. No, I mean the the dub. I watched the dub and it was so watched dumb. Dub. It was the so dumb. I can't believe that the majority of us watched the dub. That's so funny. Yeah, we thought we were gonna be the minority, but that was his voice, right? That, that was... was Vic, right? That was, it was Vic. such a bad decision. It was yes. Vic. I was like, I want to see the sub, partly because I really don't want to listen to Vic Menardo's voice anymore. Like, I'm just done with that guy. It yeah. didn't work at all. It didn't work even well, a little bit. Let me tell you, if you were worried that watching the dub made us fall back in love with this canceled man <laughs> <laughs> worry not <laughs> no he recorded the entire thing as near as i can tell in the tiniest closet and yeah. it sounded like he was very sick <laughs> yeah it was so funny because the other characters would be like talking normal they'd be like ed what are you doing and he'd be like <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. Here's an example of what that sounds like. The state denies the existence of the Philosopher's Stone. Military would love to believe that. You're a state alchemist. 
Would you defy its position? Without the Philosopher's Stone, Al will never be able to get his body back. It sounded like he was in a bathroom like 300 feet away. Yeah, it, it sounded like he was in a moving car and they were just trying to point a microphone at him. I, yeah, I think he wasn't allowed in the room with any other actors. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of questions in general for you guys, but what was different about the movie than the show? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I don't even want to, I don't <laughs> even want to answer that question. That. Before we get to me, before we even talk about that. This week we're talking about, as we said before, Full Metal Alchemist. It was directed by Fumihiko Sori, a Japanese director whose first feature, 2002's Ping Pong, got him nominated for the Best Director Prize at the Japanese Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. Question, where did all the directing skill go to? No idea. Fun fact, almost all of his movies have been manga adaptations, including 2001 Nights, Ashita no Joe, and of course, Full Metal Alchemist. He also directed two CGI animated films, including one based on the Dragon Age video game series. It was written by Sori and Takeshi Miyamoto, who has multiple key animation credits on animes like Sword Art Online, Ah My Goddess, Case Closed, My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu, and many, 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 many more. They also wrote on several other projects, including three episodes of a live action TV series called what if six famous supporting actors lived in a share house? Nuh-uh. What? That's the name. <laughs> what? Isn't that Seinfeld or something? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be completely honest with you. I, we're not gonna do a recap because to try to recap this is I don't even want it. I'm insanity. so glad you're not doing it. I don't, I'm glad you're not doing that. I, I think we should try. We gotta try. We gotta try just because it's so horrible. I'll roll the dice. Okay, okay. let's yeah. roll the dice. If he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two... It's Arthur, if he lands on three, it's Mike, if he lands on four, it's Matt, if he lands on five, it's Sienna. And uh, let's give ourselves 60 seconds. Sounds good? 60 seconds. Yeah. Sure. Let's roll the dice. Should really be like 40 seconds. Two. So, Arthur. Okay. Oh, boy. This is fitting. <laughs> three, two, one, go. Okay, so there's two little children, like toddlers. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> They look like, uh, and they um, try to bring their mom back from the dead, but but they get their arms and legs off, and one of them is a suit of armor now. And then they become state alchemists, and they go to Lior, and they stop Father Cornello. Uh, but there's homunculi, and they kill Father Cornello, and then they are looking for the philosopher's stone, and they find Doctor Marco who created it and then they put then Dr. Marco gets killed by lust and then they go to uh lab number 5 <laughs> um which <laughs> is just a room full of bricks uh and then Ed and I'll fight cuz I was worried that he's made up and then uh then they go underground and oh no a general Hikalo or <laughs> it turns out he's evil and there's an immortal soldier army and then mustang kills lust and envy uh the end unfortunately we only heard general hakuro hakumia i can't believe i'm not sure what's going on there it is general Huruko. who'd have thought yeah i trusted him trusted that guy it's nice Okay, let me just answer a question Sienna posed. This is insanity. Um, <laughs> this movie takes the first 
I'd say 12 episodes of Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood mm-hmm. squashes them into 40 minutes and then spins a different story and then adds on to the finale from 40 episodes later. Yeah, in a weird way. <laughs> For in a no very reason. in a very unnecessary way. Yeah. Like that whole immortal army thing is in the show, but it's literally 40 episodes after the rest of the movie <laughs> right and it's like not even that important was it the most ineffective immortal army you've ever seen like these people just flopped and died <laughs> like this was like a mortal army of hungry fish right they got stopped by guns yeah they were very easy to kill and then everyone went and they spent 20 minutes in this outdoor area mm-hmm. that just looked awful like i gotta say something here I know making a movie is hard and it's complicated and I respect the work that went into this, but Jesus Christ, every shot that's not a location looks like shit. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> every yeah. interior of this movie, except for one, looks like shit. It looks like a fucking square room. They dressed up and then they took out the props and then they dressed the same square room. Like, it just looks bad. The whole thing is like that. The whole thing is like this weird, like, LARPing <laughs> Sort of. It's set entirely in the default desktop backgrounds on your computer. (laughs) It's it's weird. Clearly, it didn't have a big budget, which is not a problem. Lots of movies don't have a big budget, but the things they decided to spend their budget on are just stupid. Like, (laughs) it feels like they had a large enough budget so that it's okay for us to make fun of this. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean. Just large enough for that, you know, just large enough that they're not a total underdog. I mean, some of those effects like they're I think, honestly, some of the best scenes in the movie were when the effects just happened. When it's <laughs> yeah. just CGI. Yeah. When it's just like a crazy amount of CGI. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. They spent like ninety nine point nine percent of their budget on the one shot of it raining on Al's armor. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely like water true. particle effects of rain hitting his CGR armor. They ran out of money by the end. No, they ran out of money by the middle. Like the CGI got so much worse, like halfway through. Yeah, it did. They had to do all those individual flesh soldiers. I thought they were all going to die when they hit the ground. Like he was like, oh, he shouldn't have put them so high up. Okay. I, I... <laughs> in the show, that's not how they are in the show. In the show, they're just in bats. Like, why are they hanging from the ceiling like bats? Because they definitely wanted to have that scene where they flop onto the ground and they just Who like put them there. Like, why? They could figure out the getting up animation, but not the climbing out animation. That's right. why. <laughs> yeah. I did not understand how it was an efficient use of. A philosopher's stone of all those philosopher's stones to have these soldiers that were just incredibly shootable. Not, and not it is not the answer. It is not. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, Sienna, you're definitely right that the math works out. They killed twelve <laughs> guys per one guy. It, it would be better if they just conscripted these guys. Yeah. Does the soldiers part make more sense in the show? It does. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> It's just as whatever as it is in the movie, but in the yeah. movie, <laughs> in the movie, it is the most whatever out of like, it is just like you watch it happening and you're like, why? Like, why are you wasting your our time? Which, by the way, this movie is two hours and 17 minutes and you feel every minute passing. <laughs> An hour into the movie, I was like, we must be almost over, right? <laughs> I like moved the thing and I'm like, holy shit. There's like more than halfway. Like, there's so much movie left. Like, what could, what could possibly happen I in the next 
hour and 20 yeah. minutes. We had a I bleak sw- bathroom break halfway through. We were like, oh, no, we're 54 <laughs> minutes in. I fell asleep for 10 minutes in the middle, and it didn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try to organize this a little bit. I want to talk, because the thing that really hurt this movie the most is Al. Oh, my God, yes. Mm. Al gets cut out of so much of this fucking movie because they don't have the money to have him around. Yeah. So they cut him out of so much. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, I think. Problem is, is like, this is a point that um, former and hopefully future guest Jacob Chapman made, that Al is the co-protagonist, and they cut him out of the story so that they could have him be fully computer generator. He doesn't look like he's there at any point. And it's like, Al in the story is a rusty piece of shit. Yeah, what? Is it that hard to make a just a big armor that stands there? Like, obviously, they wanted him to, like, jump around and fight, but he doesn't anyway because they couldn't yeah. afford to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They were like, we could, we had to. He jumps around. He's like a big armor. We can't have a, somebody in a suit. And it's like, well, but he does that twice in the entire yeah. movie. Instead, so- Al, at the beginning, explains to the audience, like, directly how alchemy works. And then leaves for the entire movie and then oh comes my god back at the end like the worst moment though was at the end on the train there's this weird moment with the sun behind him where it's clearly a human hand that is gesturing behind the cgi body oh my god and the hand is like very thin compared to the other hand and it's like gesturing very much like <laughs> a wiggly arm thing oh. it just doesn't look right yeah matt pointed out that he moves too much yeah, he, he moves too move. much and not yeah. a little enough. <laughs> it's like he doesn't move for any action, but it's every time he's talking, they have him just gesticulating and like moving all the time. And I mean, anime is like a low frame rate medium normally, mm. but like it really is like Al is a character who kind of thrives in stasis. His voice sounds like a an older boy. A teenager. He sounds like a teenager in the sub. Yeah, which I guess is more accurate, but it it really kind of ruins the effect. I was just gonna say that's interesting to hear. I I guess I sort of read him as sort of like a just a metal superhero type, but it makes more sense that he's since he was forced into that body that he's actually in the in the actual anime, kind of limited in his movement and everything because he's a hunk of metal. He is the best character, basically. Yeah, there's nothing that would suggest to you that he's anything other than like awesome. Yeah. He's just. Astro Boy. Yeah. 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 Cool. And he's like fine with this. The characters have very little to do in terms of like actual character stuff because most of the time they're just like delivering this plot that just serves as like, okay, we got to hit these beats that the people who watch the show know. It was so clear that this was a fan film. There's whole shots that are like literally out of the anime, like like 100%. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, shot and the costumes. Shot. We talked about it in the chat. We're like, it's cosplay. You know what I mean? It doesn't even, mm. like, yeah. they don't even make sense. Like, usually when you update something or when you're adapting something, you take as much as you can from the source material, but you need it to make sense. You need it to fit. It makes no sense, for example, that Ed would have gloves on inside. Yeah. It looked weird. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah right. I mean, the reason why he had gloves on all the time is because, again, the budget. <laughs> because the budget, because they made his arm CGI instead of putting, like, a silver glove on his hand. Right. Why not have 
both even. Or just like, one glove. Or just one glove on, on the metal hand. We would figure out that that was the reason he has the glove. We would even never yeah. even ask questions. I mean, did we ask questions when Luke Skywalker had a black glove on his hand? No. no. Never did. <laughs> you know? There's only a few people here who understand the assignment in the terms of like... <laughs> <There's only laughs> people, not everyone <laughs> understood the assignment. I was told, Sienna, I was told that you enjoyed the guy who played Roy Mustang. I fucking hated him because... I mean, I thought the actor was like just completely emotionless. His direction was like, I will just act like I think I'm such a fucking cool guy. And I guess that kind of is what Roy Mustang is. But there's no like heart. There's no like warmth. There's none of his humanity. Uh, He's just like this completely emotionless facade. And there's none of his actual, I think because there's no heart or humanity, none of his coolness reads as anger which it reads in the show at the end like his scene where he's killing everyone it just comes across as like first of all the effect does not look good in terms of performance wise like he's just completely like nothing nothing i honestly think to me he was the worst performance in in the movie uh in terms of like understanding the assignment i think the woman who portrayed riza misako rembutsu she was doing like actual character things. I think the guy who played Hughes, the the guy with glasses, was good. He understood the assignment. He got it. <laughs> the guy who played Marco understood the assignment. Marco was the best casting, in my opinion. I was like, holy shit, that guy has come to life. That part was horrible but compelling. Insane that they put Marco in this movie if they are looking for characters to turn into something else or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to talk about insane that they put in this movie? Let's talk about the fucking homunculus. Like gluttony. I feel bad for that guy because clearly. He had to put on a fat suit, but he he never gets to do anything. The guy playing Envy did not understand the assignment at all. No. I thought Envy was good casting. Really? He I got nothing for him. Like I mean, like, he didn't get much to do anything with. All he did was just look like miserable. Well, but that's not Envy though. Yeah. Envy's a dick. Exactly. Yeah. I think Envy's a little more joyous about being a shit. Like, there's energy to Envy's misery, at least. You got to admit, though, that there are some stills in this show that just look really cool. Like, Envy, Lust, and uh, the big one. What's it? Gluttony. Gluttony, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, like I said, Lust understood the assignment. Okay, Lust was the goat. Can we all agree? Yeah, I think Lust is the goat of this movie. She's the one person. Like, there was a scene where she was, like, pinning people to the wall, and, and she's like, any questions? And it's like, no. And is there anything else we can do for you? <laughs> right, which, yeah. Which, like, makes sense. Because Lust is obvious. Like, if you're going to, like, make a movie out of the first season or so of Full Metal, and you need to pick a villain, you pick Lust. She's, like, such a good face for the villain of that movie. So did the three of them, like, who'd they work for? Why were they doing that? Okay. I liked them, but I didn't get who they were doing it for. <laughs> they worked for... This a... would come in and terrorize everyone who was there. Like, anyone. I think this is a moment where I can prove a theory of mine. Sienna, mm-hmm. if I asked you to be like, tell me what the next movie will be about, who do you think the big bad guy is? Oh, wow. Like, who would you guess? Like, who would you guess those three are working for? Right. The government? <laughs> The government, right. Good. It's wow. pretty good. Pretty good. That's a pretty good that's, guess. That's all that's left. I wouldn't be able to make up another villain. Yeah, <laughs> because the they didn't exists. give you shit. They gave you nothing. In the show, they are working for a different, completely different villain who doesn't appear until like halfway through, <laughs> who also controls the, the government. So, Can we talk about the flashbacks in this movie? Oh right. Yeah. Like, I was God, so confused. Why is it so hard to tell a story just in order? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Sienna, I gotta ask you, who do you uh-huh. think that smoke person was? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, first of all, 
I sort of liked this arm and leg person made out of smoke. What I could tell from this was I was like, this seems like it's probably cool in the show. (laughs) That's what it felt like to watch that. Like, hmm, there's something here. How much of the movie was that feeling? (laughs) Not as much as that, actually. (laughs) Like, Like, what were the points that felt like they may have been cool? When they would talk about some of the themes, like talking about, you know, God or like what it means to be a God, like after talking about it for a while, I'd be like, oh, wait, is this like a theme in the show? That could be really interesting. Like, definitely the Philosopher's Stone in general is interesting. Oh, and when I found out that Envy was Envy, that's just cool. The Envy, like, that's the sin that's attached to turning into other people. Like, that's cool. You know what? I feel like this might be a smart story in the <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> it is. It is. So, yeah. Moments like that. Anyway. And then, Sienna, you were very confused. I mean, I think we were all very <laughs> confused. We had to go back a couple times because they had a flashback at one point to when they were kids. But I think because it was a dream sequence, he was an adult in the sequence. That that confused me so much. I had to make them stop and explain to me. I'm like, okay, I thought that it was when they were kids that, you know, the one brother lost his body and whatever, because it shows them later, like as teens with the same thing happening. I know exactly why they did it this way. Why? Because the child actor wasn't good enough. Like, that's it. Like, the, they probably... Well, maybe if they didn't use three-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. maybe this... Or maybe the guy who plays Ed, like, I think he is, like, a pop idol oh. in Japan. So maybe uh. they're like, we gotta put this guy to use. We can't have, like, a 20-minute sequence with a kid who doesn't know how to act. They're also expensive. But but is it just me, or were those children, like, very small babies? Yes! They were <laughs> so young. They were really young. It was so weird to see them doing science. It's like, they wouldn't try this at all. They're like five and yeah, I know. seven. <laughs> They're looking at this vial of something. Babies doing science. And then they come out with their like weird warped little horse toy thing and they're like look what we've done with alchemy mother and she's like oh it's lovely why don't you run off and play and then she goes and And she immediately dies (laughs) oh god that was such it's the same problem that brotherhood had where they rush through shit because they're like people already saw this it is like no like you're doing an individual adaptation you don't need to rush through this like there's always going to be a sienna who's watching this for the first time yeah if you don't know anything about full metal alchemist this movie cannot like it's just not going to make sense can barely make sense for me as near as we could figure out at one point it almost felt like they were going to make a porn parody of full metal alchemist (laughs) and then at some point they were just like is anyone else i'm kind of just feeling this right now (laughs) (laughs) what if we just did this i would watch that though for real i would (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah i think one thing i was confused about also just what you were saying about like with the age difference it's really sad that their mom died and i see why they'd want to bring her back but it seems like 10 years had passed so at some point like can't they just like be cool with that and stop trying no to, like... well they're not trying to bring their mother back anymore oh they're just trying to get his now body. they're just trying to fix their fuck up right but okay. i understand that that was confusing because we did watch the scene where they tried to bring their mother back as <laughs> like where they were both times. adults yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm like i guess they really <laughs> it's like this whole movie is like someone shouted the plot of full metal alchemist across a football field to someone and then that person wasn't allowed to write anything down. And then 10 years passed. And then they were asked to write down what they remembered. What do I remember? <laughs> I know the mom dies, so let's just do that right away. Right, exactly. So it's like, 
<laughs> it's like a plot summary. It's like they don't know how she dies. It's just like, and then the mom dies, and she just dies. <laughs> There's no yeah. reason she just right. dies. Collapses mid-laundry. Yeah, like moms do. It felt like watching two children try to explain it to each other. Like, <laughs> right. They kept getting, yeah, they, they no, kept it getting a child wrong. and a very elderly person talking about this movie. <laughs> Like, well, no Grandpa, do you remember the part where this happens? Well, we used to take trains. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my favorite moment of the movie was, and I mean this like unironically, was Chimera Nina scene. Not because it was done especially well, but <laughs> not because it had any kind of great emotional payoff or anything. In fact, it was done very terribly, you know? It was done really, <laughs> really cute. But I just, yeah, there was something about her. Actually, the reason I liked it, because I was like, well, this isn't so bad. <laughs> right, she looks like a fucking plush dog. She's just, like, she's just a dog person now. Like, this is the first time in way Sienna has had that reveal. Yeah, I would like, be curious what you think about that. Well, also after watching it now, now I see what you guys didn't, like, when I first saw the kids, her and the dog and everything lying on the grass, it was a really nice shot. And I went, aww. And you guys didn't respond at all. And now I get why. <laughs> yeah, but, was it, but was it horrific for you when you saw that? It was so disturbing. Okay, yeah. that's it good to know. Big. Because for me, maybe it's that I've just been sitting with it for so long. But for me, like, I think it is such a disturbing moment in the anime. It's so cripplingly off-putting when it happens in the anime. That for me, this was kind of like, oh, well... She doesn't seem like she's in pain. <laughs> like, yeah, she actually has like, more of a vocabulary this time. She seems yeah. to be able to talk and have some agency. And it made me like, they didn't show us how they destroyed her because in the anime, they kill her. Well, they can't kill her because there's no Scar. Yeah, Scar had to dumb. kill her. It's yeah. very obviously an adult woman voicing a child. No, she yeah. seems like she could, you know, just give her some people food mixed with dog food and <laughs> now she's fine yeah. give her a people chair mixed with a dog chair <laughs> and huh. she'll just be fine she can watch people television mixed with dog television <laughs> yeah. she, you know, just pour some dog water and some people water together in a exactly. cup bowl water out of the toilet. in this universe headcanon quick headcanon episode uh, nina's fine <laughs> okay i have to go all right all thanks, right. thanks so much mike i love you all that was really fun talk to you soon bye all right bye mike. all right we bye. shall continue would this actually cost more if it had been in camera practical effects yeah man i think that a lot of what we're feeling is this movie would have been better if it were directed by james cameron this movie would have been better if it had been produced in 1995 yeah oh i absolutely believe that by robert rodriguez robert rodriguez would nail the shit out it actually yeah this reminds true. me okay before i get into that actually there's two things i want to bring up two things i did like there's one scene that i generally started feeling emotions and that was the scene where they were having the fight again in the loose bricks warehouse. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Ed starts punching Al, and Al just says, like, use your right hand, you're gonna hurt your left hand. Like instinctively. That was the first moment where I was like, holy shit, like, whoa, hold 
did my heart just feel something like <laughs> yeah no yeah. i also felt You're that right. I, I felt a little something too and then they kind of kept that moment going for like 10 minutes and yeah. killed it for me but the but the idea of that is good it's like no brother punch me with your other hand you'll hurt yourself and i like the stakes of that that like that kind of proves to al that there is some humanity to him because he is capable of feeling empathy like mm-hmm. he, he feels for his brother because he cares about him mm-hmm. it'd be cool if they you know just talked about any of that <laughs> yeah. yeah i didn't know that's cool i didn't get the significance of that <laughs> yeah i was like why did you stop hurting your hand <laughs> and something he did love but not because it was good but because he was just so silly was uh the one shot they have of gluttony with the fucking um teeth prosthetic stuck to his belly oh, and no. he's just he's waddling down a corner <laughs> That, the yeah. poor man like they didn't even try to touch it up with cg or pretend or like cut away like why is that shot there it looks so obviously fake it's just a guy with wearing like a fake suit going that's a really good eye that's that was really funny every time i'm like why like why that's the kind of silly shit where it's like if this were in a good movie and that were there i think i would enjoy that everything that they waited for to do in this movie actually sinks it further down low yeah since we mentioned robert rodriguez i wanted to bring up some ideas i had if this movie had been produced by hollywood who would i cast you know and Mm -hmm. i didn't come up with everyone but i did come up with a few people i liked Number one that I really liked in my head is Oscar Isaac as Roy Mustang. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Like Oscar Isaac would be a good Roy Mustang because I feel like he would nail that uh, how to be serious and stoic, but then like smirk and laugh to his subordinates and all that. I was thinking like show Tucker, you got to cast somebody who you look at that person. You can't immediately be like this person is evil. So you can't put Willem Dafoe as show Tucker. You got to put somebody like a fucking like a toby huss or michael stuberg like you yeah michael stuberg is really that's a really good i think a mistake would be i feel like hollywood would cast and it would be a mistake sam rockwell right that would be a mistake too because you would look at sam rockwell and be like you are evil you are hiding something evil from me yeah i was trying to think about ed and i was trying to think about winry and i was like i think i'm just so starved for actors recently that i'm like i just don't know who is right. around so much anymore that I'm like the only ones that I could eventually land on where I'm like, I guess I'll just redo Spider-Man and do Zendaya and Tom Holland. <laughs> Zendaya say, would be a good Winry. Zendaya yeah. would be any character, any girl She's character. She's really <laughs> good. Now. Zendaya would actually be a good Edward Eric. Honestly, like, yeah, that's true. You're right. She would be better than Tom Holland as Edward Eric. <laughs> as Edward Eric, right? Like just yeah, put her as right. Edward Eric. Yeah. God damn, there's no reason why that has to be a boy. What do you guys think about Lust? Because I had kind of a weird pull for Lust. My sort of left field pick is Adele. (gasps) Oh my God, that is a perfect pick. I kind of think she would be great. I just think she could carry herself in that way. I would freaking love that. I really like that. I think that's really good. I feel like she'd have a lot of fun. I do have one final pick that I think it has to be the last thing we say in this podcast because you guys are not going to survive it. It's for Gluttony, and um, okay. we should pay James Corden. <laughs> oh, no! No! <laughs> he would. No. The reason this is Zendaya, they would definitely put in. Oh, God. Just Bustopher Jones part two. It would be him as Bustopher Jones. <laughs> Just him going, Adele, can I eat them, Adele? Can I eat them now? Oh. <laughs> God, James Corden. That is who they would cast. 
There's the version that you wish for, and then there's the version that is inevitable, which right, is... Right, they wouldn't make Gluttony more of a comic relief character. Right. And then Hughes would be Ryan Reynolds. Oh, no, no. Then, I gotta get out of here. That is <laughs> that is actually way too real. It's like... And Scar would be Javier Bardem. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> which... Which actually, actually not bad. Yeah. Just scary Javier Bardem. Yeah. Based on what I've seen from mm-hmm. these shows, the one casting choice I thought of, and it's funny that you mentioned that the guy who played Ed is like a pop star over there or something. Because I was like, well, from what I've seen, a young Jesse McCartney seems like. Oh, man. <laughs> right. The only one I could see in this role. No, dude. My other <laughs> I forgot about this one. My other choice for Ed and Al was Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Oh, <laughs> shit. We got to retire. This is it. That's the version that needs to happen. Like, you do it boyhood style. Like, you shoot the first scenes with them when they were doing Zack and Cody. And then <laughs> five years later, you shoot the rest of the movie. Yeah. And now we're going full Riverdale. What could we possibly cast as Armstrong? Dave Bautista. Oh, oh yeah, that duh. would be so good. I think we'd That'd also like Tom Hardy is another one. Tom Hardy? Yeah. Oh no, I get I take it back. Tom Hardy would be bet the best one. I would watch Tom Hardy as that as Armstrong for sure. Sienna, I guess the final question would be <laughs> based on this movie, based mm-hmm. on what you've just seen, yeah. would you watch Full Metal Alchemist? <laughs> I am now very intrigued mostly based on how mad everybody is watching this movie <laughs> there, but there's a lot more in the show though that is like me jumping in with healthy dose of faith because i feel like i've seen that already since i saw all the parts from right. all these seasons like i guess i kind of saw it so what's the point of the show <laughs> <laughs> in a way but... you are right <laughs> <laughs> but because I trust you all. I-, I was saying if Sienna watches the first arc or season or 10 episodes or whatever, we'll have a special episode just for that. But actually, I don't want you to do that because I'm happy to announce that oh a year God. from now or maybe more, <laughs> Sienna will return oh to the podcast God. to discuss Full Metal Alchemist Conqueror of Shambhala. And by the way, Sienna, that's going to be extra confusing because it's going to be the sequel movie to a different take on this story. So I can't, I do not want you to watch any of it. Okay, I can hold oh my for one more year. God. Oh my God. And now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analyst. So I'd like to take this moment to thank our guests for coming. Thank you so much, Matt and Sienna. It's a pleasure having you here. Sienna, thank you so much for subjecting yourself to this confusing world once more hey of course happy to be here happy to do it do you two have anything you want to plug yes i do indeed actually i'll transition if you want to hear me be confused about other content then please tune into tossed popcorn which is my podcast with the very talented liana holston my podcast partner where we review afi's 100 greatest american movies of all time we're going down the list and giving our frank take on them as two women who don't like movies that much and don't like to hear what film bros have to say about them to us i encourage people not to watch the new muppets movie i encourage people as always i will continue to plug the muppet movie from 19, the 1970s muppet movie and if you don't want to be written out of this movie because it's too expensive to animate you don't forget to follow us on twitter at fm analysts that's twitter.com slash fm the word analysts subscribe to us on spotify itunes or wherever you get your podcasts if possible leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. 
You can check that out at fullmetal.channelist.tumblr.com. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram, at Camillustrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now, we'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frost everyone, and remember, don't cut your budget, you're gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs>